Welcome to the Avoiding Divorce Podcast. My name is Steve and I want to welcome you to and thank you for listening to today's episode. Just a quick reminder, we do have a email address, avoidingdivorce at gmail.com. That's avoidingdivorce at gmail.com. Please feel free to email us. Let us know about your situation or if you have any comments or questions feel free to email them to that to that address and we will um, take that under consideration for future podcasts that's avoiding divorce at gmail.com and once again thanks for listening welcome to episode five of the avoiding divorce podcast I'm your host Steve want to welcome you to the podcast and uh, just point out to you that we'll be dealing with a couple of subjects in each of our segments uh, for this episode. If you would like to check out prior episodes, please do so, as we um, have already covered an array of topics, mostly centered around what to do after you've received uh, or heard the words that your spouse wants a divorce or wants out of your marriage. Most of the time, left behind spouses that are that f- hear that they're not quite sure how to react, and so we're trying to give you some tools in these first few episodes to help you deal with that. In today's episode, in the first segment, we're going to talk about marriage counseling. Should you do it? Is there a benefit to do it? What is the purpose of marriage counseling? from the walkaway spouse's perspective and how might they view the request to go to marriage counseling and, and marriage counseling in general. And so we're going to dive right into that topic because it's a topic that usually comes up pretty early in our situations. After a spouse has told their spouse that they want a divorce, the left-behind spouse will often suggest marriage counseling or jump to marriage counseling or or at least want to continue marriage counseling if you were already in marriage counseling. And we often get the question, is marriage counseling something that we should try to do? In general, the answer to that question is no. Marriage counseling is not something that you should agree to or push as the left-behind spouse. And there's a few reasons for that. First of all, remember that one of the things that you should really be concentrating on doing at this time is avoiding all pursuit and pressure. Trying to get your walkaway spouse to attend marriage counseling with you is certainly putting pressure on them and pursuing them. But there's a lot of other reasons why marriage counseling is really not a good idea in these situations. First of all, marriage counseling is really intended for two spouses that are committed to making the marriage work or making the marriage better. That doesn't describe the situations that we're dealing with in this podcast. Once a spouse has said, I want out of the marriage, generally they don't change their mind very quickly or very easily. And so therefore, Expecting them to go and participate in marriage counseling and to do the homework that the marriage counselor puts forward to you 
is something they're probably not going to be open to. Another reason that it's not a good idea is because that marriage counselors tend to be classically trained. And what I mean by that is when a couple comes to them, they really focus on trying to reestablish a connection between those two spouses. And they use pursuing tactics to do that. They'll give you exercises to do at home, things to practice with each other um, when you're not at the counselor's office. And generally, the walkaway spouse, again, has no interest in doing those things. And those things tend to fall into the category of pressure and pursuit, which we've already said is something that you should be avoiding. And this is these reasons are really why marriage counseling has a very low success rate. If you look at the statistics, marriages that are in trouble that go to marriage counseling have, there's a very low percentage of those marriages that are actually saved. And so you're really not doing yourself a lot of favors by pushing and trying to get your spouse to go to marriage counseling after they've said that they want out of the marriage. Now, obviously, as the left behind spouse, there's a lot of reasons why you want marriage counseling and you want it to work. And a lot of those are red herrings. They're, they're just not really going to be positives in your situation. For instance, you might see marriage counseling as a opportunity to have relationship discussions. If you remember way back in episode one and repeated in the episode since, I've been pretty clear that relationship discussions are things that you should not be starting and in fact you should be avoiding. And a lot of left behind spouses will see marriage counseling as a way around that principle. You know, one of the things that you should always be thinking about when you have a dilemma about how to approach your walkaway spouse or approach your marriage after your spouse has declared that they want out of the marriage is to look back at the principles that we've talked about. And marriage counseling is a violation of several anti-divorce principles. The removal of pressure and pursuit, we've already mentioned that. Um, having relationship discussions, something that you should be not doing, is another one. It also causes you to focus less on yourself and more on your part, your, on your walkaway spouse and on the marriage itself. And that's something that you really need to be trying to step away from at this time and really focus on yourself and kind of remember that three-legged stool of recapturing the life you had before your marriage as well as trying to self-improve and finally to learn to be happy by yourself again. Those are the things you should be concentrating on. And marriage counseling really doesn't do that. And in fact, I would submit to you that rather than 
marriage counseling, you should be looking into individual counseling, getting therapy for yourself. And in fact, one of the best ways to show to a walkaway spouse that the improvements that you're making are permanent and that you're serious about them is to get yourself into independent counseling. This is especially powerful for a left-behind husband because guys, we typically don't seek out therapy or counseling. And so it can really show a left-behind or a walk-away wife that we're serious about trying to make permanent lasting changes um, that are going to persist past just getting back together. So marriage counseling is really a non-starter if you really want to try to avoid divorce and, and re reconcile with your walkaway spouse. Um, I should also point out that a lot of left-behind spouses that are in separation, physical separation with their walkaway spouse, see marriage counseling as a way of getting that walkaway spouse in the same room as you. But again, this is a red herring. This is something that really is not a positive for your situation. Out of sight, you know, being out of sight and out of mind, being absent causes sometimes the heart to grow fonder. And so the less that you can be around your walkaway spouse during this period sometimes makes them realize what they're missing. And so I wouldn't get too focused on using marriage counseling as a way of getting your spouse in the same room as you and, and certainly not use it to try to sneak in some relationship discussions. Another big reason that marriage counseling doesn't work and this was alluded to in a, earlier. I'm going to give you a little bit more detail as to why your walkaway spouse um, isn't, heart isn't in it. Is because the walkaway spouse really has no interest in saving the marriage. By time a, a walkaway spouse gets to the point where they tell their left behind spouse that they want out of the marriage, that's not something that happened overnight. Most of the time, it's been months, if not years, in the making before the walkaway spouse has the courage to actually tell the left-behind spouse that they want out of the marriage. And so, even if they agree to marriage counseling at that point, more than likely their heart is not in it because they've been on this long downhill coast towards this point. And once they've had the courage actually come out and say, I want a divorce or I, I don't want to be married to you anymore, marriage counseling is too late by then. And in fact, even if you get your walkaway spouse to agree to marriage counseling, you need to be aware that they're not looking at it the same way as you are. As the left behind spouse, your goal with marriage counseling is to improve the marriage, keep it going reconcile with your walkaway spouse. Your walkaway spouse is seeing marriage counseling, if they agree to it, as a way of getting you to agree that it's time to throw the towel in. They have a completely different goal. And so they're going to spend their time in marriage counseling talking about 
how bad everything is, how bad everything was, why there's no hope for reconciliation, why there's no hope for the marriage. I've talked to a lot of left-behind spouses who, after they've got the divorce bomb dropped on them, have talked their spouse into marriage counseling, and almost every one of them regrets it. After each marriage counseling session, they come out and say things like, wow, that was really bad, that was really negative. And they actually feel worse about their situation hearing the walkaway spouse give the counselor all the reasons that they want to walk away. And also expressing how little hope there is in them changing their mind. The other thing that the walkaway spouse will use marriage counseling for and I saw this in my own situation, was they'll use it as a way to say, we tried everything, even marriage counseling. There's probably a good part of your walkaway spouse that is still feeling guilty about ending the marriage. And so they're looking at opportunities to alleviate that guilt. And marriage counseling can be a means to that end. They can see it and say, you know, tell the kids when the kids are old enough or tell friends and family later that, yeah, we tried everything, even marriage counseling. So it's like a, a checklist that they can, another thing on the checklist they can check off to say, yep, tried that. And so again, their heart isn't in it. Now, I can speak to this because I made the same mistake. I made the same mistake of getting my walkaway wife a couple of years ago to agree to go to marriage counseling with me. And I had done that before I remembered the anti-divorce principles that I had learned a few years earlier. And so I flipped the script a little bit on marriage counseling and turned it into individual counseling with my walkaway spouse there. I want you to be careful with this because this is not really a principle for anti-divorce, to try to avoid divorce, but it worked in my situation. And so if you're a left-behind spouse that has already made the mistake of getting your walk-away spouse to agree to marriage counseling, maybe you've already been in a few sessions or have additional sessions scheduled, one of the things that I think you should consider doing is changing the dynamic of that counseling to be more individual counseling for you with your walkaway spouse present. It does two things. Number one, it shows them, again, that you're serious about making changes. But the other thing that it does is it sets you up to be able to do individual counseling when they inevitably decide that they're not going to attend marriage counseling. There were weeks when my wife said, nope, not going this week. And so then I could still take the opportunity to use the session as an individual counseling session. Now, one last thing on counseling, if you, whether you do it marriage counseling, whether you do it individually counseling by yourself, whether you do individually counseling with your walkaway spouse there, do not settle for a counselor that is not working. 
too many people settle for a counselor that is not doing a good enough job for them as an individual. Counseling is just like anything else in life. You shop around for it. And so feel free to, if the counselor you have is not working, to fire them essentially and hire a different counselor. Do not waste your time with a counselor that is not helping and is not working. So that's our take on marriage counseling for avoiding divorce. We're going to take a quick break now at this point, and when we come back, we'll dive into another subject uh, a little bit deeper. We'll be right back. Welcome back to this episode of Avoiding Divorce. I'm your host, Steve. We looked in the first segment at the issue of marriage counseling, whether or not you should try it in your situation or not. And in this segment, we're going to get into a little bit of a deeper dive on something that I had mentioned in an earlier episode, where I had mentioned um, that your goal at this point should certainly to be avoiding relationship discussions and, and definitely not starting them. And one of the things that I pointed out when I mentioned that subject was that if your spouse does start a relationship discussion, that you really should be focusing on two things, listening and validating. And so I'd like to spend the next few minutes with you talking a little bit more about what it is to listen and to validate. Most walkaway spouses have a list of complaints, and often in those complaints and the, re and the reasons they give for walking away from the marriage is that their spouse doesn't listen to them. Now, listening is a little bit of an overloaded word. It can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Hearing isn't necessarily listening. Uh, listening, but not taking their advice or their suggestions uh, to heart it can often be called not listening. Um, but certainly one of the big ones is not understanding your spouse's feelings. And this is especially true of walkaway wives. Walkaway wives typically want to be heard and want their feelings to be understood. And one of the best ways that you can understand your spouse's feelings is by listening to them. Guys, one of the mistakes that I made in my situation, in my marriage leading up to my situation, was I was terrible about stopping what I was doing and listening to my wife. There's wives out there that are the same way, that don't take the time to really stop and focus and listen to what their husband is saying. And so this is not necessarily a gender thing, though I think guys typically are stereotyped into being worse listeners than, than women are. Usually when it comes to listening and, and 
really paying attention to what our spouse is trying to tell us is something that both husbands and wives can improve on. And so we talked a lot about in an earlier episode about ways that you can improve yourself. If you're a bad listener, then this is an easy win for you. You can learn to really listen to your spouse. Now, I want to caveat this by saying you should not be running out to your spouse after this segment and starting a relationship discussion just so that you can listen to them. The principle is still to avoid relationship discussions and certainly not start them. But when they do start a relationship discussion, listening intently to what they say is important. Guys, this means that if you're watching the football game and she comes up and wants to talk, you turn the game off, turn to her and give her your full attention. Ladies, this means if you're doing something around the house, if, you're, if your attention and focus is elsewhere, stopping what you're doing, turning to your husband, and really giving him your full attention. So listening is a important tactic, an important thing that you need to be employing with your walkaway spouse. When they are ready to speak, when they are ready to convey a message to you, stop what you're doing and give them your full attention. Listen to what they say. Understand what they say. Feel free to, to ask clarifying questions if it's not clear. Active listening is something that we can all improve on. And active listening involves really understanding what they're trying to say, really understanding the feelings that they're trying to convey. Obviously, stopping what you're doing and turning your full attention to them is a, is a good first step. And concentrating on what they're saying, asking those clarifying clarifying questions and really engaging in active listening is going to go a long way towards your spouse feeling heard and feeling like you really are giving them the, the attention that they deserve when they're trying to convey a message to you. So they start a relationship discussion and you've learned to actively listen to them. That's, that's good. But what about how should you respond to them? Because this is, I think, where a lot of left-behind spouses get tripped up in dealing with their walkaway spouse. We're used to this dynamic where they make an accusation and we deflect it, we reason it away, we make excuses. One of the things that I think is so important to realize is whether you agree with their perspective or not, whether you agree that you're at fault or not, their perspective is their reality. And so when they come to you and they say, you, when I do this, you react this way. Or when I try to do this, you say these things. Whether that's true or not is less important to, than the fact that they believe it's true. 
So one of the things that you should be doing when your spouse comes to you is not getting in a back and forth about whether what they're saying is true or not. What they're saying is less important than what they're feeling. And so this is where validation of their feelings is so important and can go a long way in smoothing over normally difficult discussions that they might want to have with you while you're in limbo between the time where they drop the divorce bomb on you and the time that you either reconcile or they end up going through with the divorce. You can really shortcut a lot of discussions that would be difficult to have by remembering validating their feelings. So your spouse comes to you and says, I'm feeling this way. Just like with clarifying questions for active listening, validating those discussions would to repeat that back to them. So you're saying that when I do this, it makes you feel like this. When I react to you in a poor way, it makes you feel bad about yourself. Now notice what validation is not, because a lot of left-behind spouses get tripped up on this. Validation is not agreeing with them. What they might be saying might be wildly untrue. Again, your goal here is not to argue with them. Your goal here is not to get in a tit-for-tat with them. Your goal here is not to try to reason away what they're saying or justify it or deflect. You want to listen to what they have to say and then validate how they feel. And so one of the ways that you can do that is again by learning good validation statements. If you after this podcast is over, Google search on listening and validating or how to validate another's feelings, you'll get some clarity on the types of things you can say and do. One of my favorite is, so I understand you to say that when I do this, you feel this way. Or, hmm, I can understand how that must make you feel. Statements like that are validating statements. You're, you're conveying to them that you understand how they're feeling. And a lot of times, that's all your walkaway spouse is asking you to do. Now, invariably, your spouse will eventually get to things that you can't validate. One of the things that left-behind spouses should not validate is disrespect. Anytime your walkaway spouse starts treating you disrespectfully, talking to you disrespectfully, that is your clue, that is your indication that you need to end the discussion. Remain calm, but say something to the effect of, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to allow you to talk to me that way. When you can be rational, we can continue this discussion and then walk away. Do not validate disrespect. If they start getting into name-calling, 
into overly blaming you for things, if they start raising their voice, if they start yelling, put an end to the conversation. The other thing that you need to realize that you should not validate are questions that you really can't validate when they're looking for information from you. It's inappropriate at that point to validate because they haven't really conveyed anything that they that they're feeling. So for instance, if your spouse in the middle of the relationship discussion says, well, what do you think about you know, going to the, the arbitrator next week? It's not something that you can really validate. So in those situations, you're still actively listening, but you can also not necessarily answer their question. Remember, it's completely appropriate for you to say, you know, I need some time to think about that. I wasn't expecting that subject to come up. I need some time to process what you're asking me. Let me think about it. And the other thing that you need to remember is you don't try to or don't back yourself into a corner with giving an answer. When they say, well, how long do you need? Or can you give me that answer by Friday? It's appropriate to say, I'm not sure. I need to think about it. Left behind spouses oftentimes feel like this is putting their walkaway spouse off and they have a difficult time giving those sorts of answers to direct questions. But what you need to realize is if it's important enough to your walkaway spouse, they will bring it up again. So even though you may not commit to telling them Friday or giving them a time frame that you need in order to answer that question, if it's important enough to them, they will come back to you in an appropriate amount of time with that question. Again, and so you need to be prepared after you've not validated a question, but but put the, the answer off to eventually answer that question. But it's completely appropriate when they spring a relationship talk onto you out of the blue to not have the answer to all the questions that they might be asking. So listening and validating is a, is a wonderful tool. I highly encourage you to, to do some more research and more studying. It's not something that comes naturally to a lot of people. So it's something that you have to practice. It's something you have to learn. And it's, uh, especially if you're an arguer or a justifier, it's something that you're really going to have to work on to step back from your, your initial reaction, what comes naturally to you. Again, this stuff is counterintuitive. So learn how to listen and validate in order to avoid back and forths and arguments about what's true and what isn't. Again, their feelings on the matter are more important than what's actually true or not true. So I leave you with that for this week. Uh, hopefully this discussion has been helpful to you. Again, feel free to reach out to me um, at avoidingdivorce at gmail.com. If you have any follow-up questions, um, I 
certainly expect um, feedback on these subjects so that I can address those in later podcasts if need be. Thanks again for listening this week, and remember, as always, do whatever you can to avoid divorce. Thank you.